but my biggest dream is to see how I can be able to change the lives of so many young people to play the best golf in the world. And to me, I'm looking at that as a very possible thing to happen very soon. Golf can be played by everyone by creating a platform for them through Golf Academy. So that's what we feel like it's our pride, like we are able to help anyone who's interested to play golf to do that. And we're able to use our Golf Academy for people to, to get their education, to learn about environment, to learn about life skills, and so on. Happy New Year, listeners, and welcome back to the Wild Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Michael McDonald. We start series three by shining a light on the founder of the Afrié Golf Academy in Uganda. His name is Isaiah Mwesige, and he is one of the most impressive young men I've had the pleasure of meeting. He is humble, unselfish, resilient, and above all, has a passion to change the lives of others and their communities through the Afrié Golf Academy. The Academy does this with a truly unique combination of golf, education, and environmental activities. The only thing that holds the Academy back from its lofty but realistic goals is limited resources. If you can help financially, please go to the funding page of the Academy's website. If you can help by other means, by donating golf clubs or spreading the word, please get hold of Isaiah directly. All the details are included in the show notes. The sound quality is not up to the usual high standards in a few spots, but please persevere because Isaiah's passion for the game of golf and how it can change lives will surely rub off on you. I hope you enjoy this discussion as much as I do. Isaiah, welcome to the Wild Golf Podcast. I'm glad we finally connected and we can uh, have a proper discussion today about all the great things you're doing in Uganda. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. I'm very glad also to be here and to be discussing with you about golf development in Uganda, Africa, and the world at large. I'm so pleased to be here and be hosted by Wild Golf Podcast. Isaiah, so where did you grow up? I knew you, you know, you were born and raised uh, in Uganda. I know that it was very close, close to Fort Portal, which is known, I think, as more of a tourism city, which is about 300 kilometers west of Kampala, the capital of Uganda. But maybe if you could just maybe set the stage a little bit about, you know, where you grow up and what it was like growing up uh in you you know with your with your family in in uganda so i was born born away from fort porto actually and my parents were in chenjojo and i grew up uh in a life that i can't say which has been moving on very well but my parents were actually fewer peasant farmers and my dad was a primary teacher so before he died he was a head teacher of a primary school and he died when I was actually very young, and all my parents died before I reached the age of 14. But life has been able to move on even when my parents had died. So uh, when my parents died, I have been staying with my elder brother, he's Eugene Karatunga, he's also a primary teacher by profession. And when I've been staying together at one time, I met one of my colleagues before joining my high school. And this colleague was like, man, let's go and check on the golf course. This young man, he was called Kasoro Vicent, and he was a kid, a kid master by then at Toro Golf Club. So uh, my friend Vicent took me at Toro Club. He introduced me as a caddy, and he told me, like, 
Tyson to have some good life, can always come here, carry bags and earn some bit of money to help you with school fees and some bit of more money to help you with other basic needs. I used actually to move away about seven kilometers away from Fort Porto to come and carry golf bags at Toro Club and earn some money to help me in that way of getting the best needs. So that's how life has been moving on, coming at the golf club, carrying bags, getting money, and this money helping me to sort out my best needs and other requirements at school. One question, and I appreciate that you were only about 12 when you're, you know, when your mother passed away, but, and I know that you've spoken before about, uh, you know, how passionate your mother was about farming and, and life. I'm just interested from you about, you know, what did you learn from your parents, even though they, you know, you were young when they passed away, but what did you learn from them that is still a driving force in your, in your life today? Since I grew up with my mom, like farming was her passion. And we grew up farming. Actually, we used to like to get up in the morning from seven dig up to around nine. So this thing grew up in me, like farming is a passion. Farming is a profession that I should be able to take up. However much her farming was not so professional because she was not a professional farmer, I used to say like maybe I should be a good farmer. I should be able to improve the farming. So I learned like farming can be able to improve the lives of so many because you can get the food for sale, you can get the food, eat at home and sustain the family. So by doing so, by following up the footsteps of my mother, I learned about agriculture and I became so passionate about it. And then my mom used to also have a shop. So I also got the interest in having more of knowledge on entrepreneurship. So in all my things that I even do right now, I incorporate a lot of entrepreneurship. I incorporate a lot of agriculture. I incorporate a lot of environment conservation. My mom has been an environmentalist for so long. She used to be an environmentalist. So she could tell us to plant trees. Of course, she never had an idea on why we should plant eucalyptus, but she used to encourage a lot of planting eucalyptus trees. But these days I don't do so. I encourage people to plant indigenous trees, which won't like, for example, get a lot of water, which won't drain the soils and so on. So I'm an environmentalist by now myself, and I try to influence more people to make sure like we conserve the environment by cleaning it, by freeing it from plastics, by planting indigenous trees that are good, conserve the environment and many other things. In Fort Porto, I, I actually work with other stakeholders in environment and other bodies to make sure we free the city from plastics and pollutant and bags. And this is a monthly cleanup that I run up right now. And how old were you when you started caddying? Was that was that after your, your mother had passed away? I think it should have been about 15 years, 15 years. And I guess the the money that you made from, you know, from caddying and everything else that you would you would have used that to help pay for you know for school and and going off to university eventually is that is that right yeah that man actually contributed a lot to me like i used to get that money to help me get the school needs uh like books get some pens and yes. get the uh, scholastic materials required for me to survive on you know like 
I used to stay away from school and in all my life, I've never stayed in a boarding school. So I had to use some bit of transport as well to move from school back home. And then it could be rainy some days and then it's with a lot of challenges with that. Life has not been easy, but I need to show people, like, I think things can change. It's all about being resilient in what you want to do with your life. And that's all can change the world. I think you've always been outspoken about, you know, having, you know, a humble background, but it's, it's really, as you say, what you've, what you've made about it and how you've made a difference, not just, you know, for yourself, but for, you know, but for others. Yeah. Like it's golf, which actually to me, I call golf as a platform for networking, for sharing. Golf has opened up for me. I've had the best time meeting different golfers to share the same table to discuss about different issues. Like I'm just that one small boy who can just get a phone and call any member of parliament in Uganda. I have had a function where I've invited the minister, different ministers to attend my functions. I think one day I just need to invite the president to attend some of the functions that we run as a friend. And to me, that's very possible. Actually, we have a plan like next year to invite the president during our environment summit that we plan to have at the end of the year. So to me, I believe golf is a platform that is opening up opportunities for different people. And golf is that platform whereby no one will look at you from where you come from, but will look at you basing on the characters that you hold and basing on how you conduct yourself with other people. So that's how golf is. It's really a platform also which makes the world be like a very small world. You can be able to link up with anyone in the US. You can link up with anyone in Canada, anyone in Asia. And that's why golf is really like making us to be like one. Out of curiosity, what, what was your perception of golf before you ever, you know, saw a golf course as a, as a caddy? You know, football and, you know, athletics are, are much more popular, well-known sports in Uganda and perhaps not necessarily golf. Yeah, like when I joined golf, because my match need was actually to have some bit of money. That was my first thing, to have some money to use for my own survival. But while I was carrying bags, I used to see other people coming to learn. And of course, I also learned how to play golf through the caddies and other artisan and members. I had to learn skills from them. And then after learning those skills, I felt like at one time I need to use these skills to transform the lives of other people. So I really saw there was a big need for me to start thinking of how I can be able in future to begin something that can bring more youth and children, especially those from different family backgrounds, have joy of playing golf and also to use golf to achieve the academic excellence and of course have the background of learning about environment golf is one of those activities or those other sports that you hear people criticizing that they are creating a lot of environment degradation through activities of watering reclaiming swamps to make the golf course and using of the fertilizer to improve the grass on the green they realized that having people brought up with the knowledge on how to play golf while conserving the environment while having 
the concept of using golf to achieve the academic excellence will be the best thing in everyone's career. And my understanding is that, you know, when you started caddying and started learning golf for the first time, you know, you benefited from, you know, the generosity of other people in terms of somebody giving you your first five iron and wedges, another person giving you your first set of clubs. And, you know, that, that generosity as well, perhaps had an influence on how generous you've been and your motivation to help other kids who come from, you know, similar backgrounds to, to be able to play golf because it's not always the most accessible sport. Golf being a platform for so many people coming together, it really helped me to get a platform to interact with different people in Uganda and across the world. And I appreciate this whereby I got my first few donated clubs to me from David Msime. He's a former chairman of the district here in Uganda, in, in Barara. And this man did not only like support me with the irons, but he further gave me a hand of help with school fees and so on. So that's how my generation of starting to play golf actually kicked off. And then after him, I had a good friendship with Owen Powell, who also offered me a full set of golf clubs. I still have those golf clubs, but I managed to give them to one of the students in the golf academy to use them. So that was my second golf kit. So the third golf kit actually was gotten from the friends across the world. So I had friends on Facebook who actually fundraised for me to get equipment. Some of these guys, I'm actually still in touch. And when they were donating these clubs, I told them one thing. Like, I need to use these clubs to change the golf in Uganda. They were like, this is just one set. How are you going to do that? Or like, I will inspire more people to see how we can work together to change the face of golf in Uganda and Africa. So and I would like to tell you by now, this one of my colleagues actually is called Coach Grigory from the U.S. He sent me more old golf clubs to help now the academy. This is how the world is actually very generous when it comes maybe to the sport of golf. And that's how the life has been moving on. I would say maybe I've only used three golf kits in my life. My last golf kit I shared with the golf academy students, which I'm very okay with. And when they are playing, I'm not playing. When they are in equipment, it's one of the challenges that seems to be hindering the golf development in Uganda because having access to expensive golf clubs is very close to impossible in Uganda. I have had students who started playing with old, actually, wooden sticks, but we are happy now to see at least we are having some bit of equipment to help these kids to play golf. Even when they are sharing at least maybe one golf kit, five people, that's a little bit better than using the wooden sticks. That's actually attached to some of our social media handles and on the website, we show that where some of these kids have been able to start playing golf with the wooden sticks. But this is not something new in Uganda. We have had people actually playing golf with wooden sticks, and some of these young boys have been able to change their lives by coming closer to people who have golf clubs. They start sharing, and then these people have played golf from being regional players to national level and to international. Currently, actually, Toro Golf Club has 
about three golf players in the U.S. who have gone through the same generation of playing with wooden sticks. I was going to ask you because I I know that you know Toro Golf Club produces some of the best golfers in Uganda and has quite a reputation. And I think it's a nine-hole golf course, and it has yes. mountains in the mountains in the background. But maybe you could just say something about your you know your long-standing you know relationship with. Toro Golf Club and you know what it what it means to you. Toro Club is this a very nice place that really welcomes different people and it's really built on a good foundation. It has got good trustees, it has got good patrons, it has got good members that welcomes people at all levels. Whether they've come as caddies, as artisans, as new members of the club. So this club has given us a good atmosphere. For people to thrive under like different conditions, I personally, as I must have told you, like I came to the club as a caddy, but today I sit at the club as one of those guys who are on the executive, the outdoor games captain of Toro Club. I'm proud to be that, and we look further to work and develop the club further. And with all these now development coming through the golf academy, we are very sure like Toro Club will be able to be different. In two years, we shall have created a big difference. In five years, no one knows what Toro Club will be looking like. But in 10 years, Afrera Golf Academy, our dream is to have one of our students playing at maybe at a PGA. That's what I'm looking at. And to me, that's not very difficult because right now we have got a, a junior playing on the national team we have got our coaches winning in various tournaments. I've got our coaches really showcasing how best we can explore the potential of the young boys and girls we have in the academy. And I'd like to get into all of the detail on how the academy was started and all of the things that you know that the academy is doing. But before that, maybe just wanted to hear a little bit about who are the one or two you know biggest mentors and influences you had you know, as when you're a teenager and a, and a young adult, you know, whether in life or, or in, in golf. And you've mentioned a few people already, but I'm just interested in your, in your thoughts on that. My life, I really want to appreciate the people who have actually like been able to support me, like morally, su- support me financially, support me with the logistics and so on. So Bill Powell actually is one of my mentors. He's in the UK. Is a retired engineer who has actually helped me to learn about so many things, about environment, about energy, about... He's not a golfer, so he's not actually a very good golfer, and his wife played some bit of golf, but he has inspired me, like, you can move from one step to another by following your heart. What your heart really tells is what you should be able to do. And then as a, a teenager, when you're caddying and learning golf for the, you know, the first time and really becoming very passionate about the game, did you have any uh, golfing role models in the world that you really looked up to? Yeah, the name Tiger Woods here is like a household. So like when I was coming to join golf, of course, I had the name of Tiger Woods. When I joined to begin carrying bags, the name Tiger Woods has never appeared disappeared from the crowds, from the internet, from 
all places. So Tiger Woods is looked at one of the most inspirational players that we have got here in the world. But to me, my focus now is actually not to be the best player in the world, not the best player in Uganda. Maybe they're not the best player in my own golf club, but my most biggest dream is to see how I can be able to change the lives of so many young people to play the best golf in the world. And to me, I'm looking at that as a very possible thing to happen very soon through the Africa Golf Academy and in partnership with the Toro Club, Uganda Golf Union, and of course with all other partners across the world. Like We have been able as an academy to have a number of international collaborations and we believe this will really take us some good step to network and share with the world what we are doing as an academy to change the golf in Uganda and Africa as a continent and, of course, as the whole world. Because when we are looking at the game of golf, it's a game that you can see many people don't actually come to play because they are constrained financially. It's a game that they say it's a game for the corporates. But at least now there is a good, clear sign that golf can be played by everyone by creating a platform for them through golf academy so that's what we feel like our pride like we are able to help anyone who's interested to play golf to do that and we're able to use our golf academy for people to to get their education to learn about environment to learn about life skills and so on you also started and founded the Afria Golf Academy. How did how did that come about? You know, when did when did you first think of doing that? What was involved in setting it up from scratch? So like as I said, like training people has always been my passion. I've trained people like for so many years. Since I joined golf, I've been helping people like even when I'm not very good, but I know something that can help someone else. I've always been doing that. So my training for most of my time has been informal. But then when I got the actual plan, like, well, like in 2019, like, I think I need to start up a golf academy that can actually bring people to play golf in a well-organized way, which I would call it in a structural way. So in 2019, the idea of golf academy was actually realized and I had an idea of going to meet different people in other sports to know how academies run and also had an opportunity to meet with different golf professionals in Uganda and consult them, especially the professionals at Toro Club. So they say the idea is actually very good, and I shared the same concept with the members of the club. They were like, yeah, the idea is good, but of course Toro Club is 100 years old, but it had never thought of starting a golf academy. If they had thought so, but they had never started it to see how it runs. So they all waited to see how this magic of the golf academy could work so of course i had to talk to different people at all club like i didn't have any money i've not had a lot of money actually in my life so some of the few members like yeah is i going to start a golf academy i'm going to help you to start like i have one friend in actually in kampala is sells shoes called shoe man international 
he offered me one golf kit, which was very old. He, I got another friend is called actually Dr. Nyatia. He offered me about 150 Uganda shillings. I'm like, yeah, you can now be able to kick off your project. So that's how the idea of the golf academy. So I started actually very small and I shared the same concept with my friend Morris Burns. Well, like, Isaiah, you just need to start with just 10 kids are enough for you. But I've always wanted to do big things. So I was like, yeah, we'll start with 10, but we started with more than 30. <laughs> so I was very surprised to hear like we had gotten a number that he never expected. But like, Isaiah, let's see how it moves. So the first month, I managed to bring all the kids together, bring different professionals at the club together and of course, I consulted one of the, I can say, one of the best golf players in Uganda. He's called Steven Kasaija. He's the former national team coach, and he's the only coach who took Uganda to play uh, the juniors, the Uganda Junior World Cup in 20, around 2019 in Japan. So I shared with him, like, yeah, Puli, I want to start doing this and this and help people learn about Kovaleke Zai, yes. And then I realized, I realized like following his experiences and his passion for golf, like Apuri, you can like Kaseja, you can be our head coach because you can guide us, you can direct us on the things you want to do. We can always consult you. Like I'm very happy to be the head coach of the golf academy. So we gave him that responsibility whereby we consult him in almost each and everything that we want to do as an academy, and has always been good to the academy. Of course, we didn't leave behind other like all people like Jill Pinda, she's a former cup, captain for the ladies and she has always been responsible for helping most of the junior players during their holidays to learn about golf. And she was also like very encouraging and very motivating. And then once I got people actually interested, I saw like this was going to work out. So I saw other very vibrant people like this Kalasweka coming on board to give us guidance and he tried to talk to me at a personal level like that you need to change now your life you're starting a golf academy you bring so many kids together i used to have some bit of rough hair like as i got to cut your hair put it in a better way whereby you are very presentable to different <laughs> corporate class yeah so that's something actually kind of course fail to the public you no know? so i changed I first was like, ah, this is kind of a very different. I used to love my hair when it's rough. But like, no, it's a, this is something that you can just quickly change and everyone won't notice that you have changed. So I quickly did that. And she has been in touch with me since then. And she's one of those people that we look at in the academy. First of all, she's a very good player. She's on the national team for the ladies. And she has gone further now to always keep on lobbying for the academy. So that's actually very interesting to us. And the academy does not only like look at the Uganda potential people to support it, but we also look at how our own people in Uganda outside can help us. Mm -hmm. So we look at our freshman players, like we have Otili Ronald, he's a three-time Uganda Open winner, and he's a born of Toro club. So I keep in touch with him. He has been able to lobby for us, some few people to give us a hand of help in getting balls and some teas. That's something very powerful. We keep in touch with other boys we have in the US, Felix, Titus. So all these boys actually work as a network to help the academy in making its vision come true. 
Like, you know, the vision for the academy is to make sure like we challenge the underserved youth and children with special need to prosper in life by instilling character development, life skills, value through education and the game of golf. So we look at education as a priority, which can really help people to come and play quality golf or professional golf, have the best life skill that can enable them to survive at their own and have these other things actually which are important in life. Learning about environment makes us a big concern for everyone wherever they are. So that's how the academy actually like kicked off. And since then we have never actually turned back. So I've been pushing the academy and I must say I sleep less than three hours in the night because I've always had to interact with different people who actually are in different time zones. Like when people are sleeping in Uganda, I'm on my phone, I'm on my, I'm on my laptop, trying to make sure I exchange contacts. And imagine mm-hmm. how we are connected today. Yes, exactly. It's because of, yeah, so that's how I do most of my work. I've seen so many people like coming to help the academy with a lot of public publications. Today, I must be able to tell you, I'm very excited. Like yesterday, we got one of our friends who published one of the nicest articles I have ever seen, actually. It's a very beautiful article, actually detailing about the whole program, about the whole mission of affairs, asking about the STEM program. You understand STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. This is one of the programs that we make available for the students because we believe like without now STEM or the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics approach, we won't be able to produce young boys and girls who have got the right skills to survive on earth. So some of these programs that we incorporate in our golf academy, we make sure like these are the things that can help the young people in Uganda, the young people in Africa, the young people of this world, to change it. And we believe now like Africa can be able to change the world. We know we respect and recognize most of the people have done great things for the African continent. That's what we are doing in Uganda. And as we talk right now, Africa Golf Academy is not only a Toro Golf Club. So that's why you'll see some of our posts, we just say Africa Golf Academy Uganda, because we are now in two golf clubs in Uganda. Our academy has been able to open up another chapter in a golf club in Masindi that had already collapsed, but you went there, met the management, and we agreed on the terms on how we can be able to help them grow the numbers of golfers again in that club to become vibrant. It's one of the nicest golf clubs Uganda has got, but that club had actually like declined in performance in almost all areas of golf development. So we happy now that club is actually like doing very well. It's improving from how it used to be in the last few years or the last few decades. And we believe in that club in the next two years, it's going to be vibrant. Masindi Golf Club has not produced actually like any national team player for the last over 10 years. But by having Afria Golf Academy there, our also plan is to make sure like the Masindi Golf and Sports Club produce a national team player within two years. So once we do that, shall be very happy. And we intend also to have a number of golf tournaments so that we can make people interested 
in golf from that area. Masind is that one golf club that is also connected to areas of, of Congo and also connected to South Sudan, whereby after Masindi, there are no many other good golf courses. So many of these people from different districts will be able to come and take the opportunity of playing golf. And some of these people actually from the northern Uganda are very talented. Uh, you know, the whole of country of Uganda is talented. But to be honest, the people from the northern Uganda, they have an advantage. They, they are tall, so that means they can be able to fit in different sports. They are tall and they are a little bit more giant than people from other regions. So expect to have a lot of talent coming from the club of Masindi, of which now the home of Toro Club, like a Toro Golf Club in Fort Porto, the people who have been winning are some of these young boys who are actually originally from the north, but they have been staying in the areas of Fort Porto because the Toro Golf Club is next to a barracks and the barracks brings up people from different corners of the country. So most of these boys, uh, like the Otili, like the Titus, like Joseph Chunyai, are all actually originated or originating from the northern Uganda. But now they are here and to represent our club. But now that's why I really focused on starting another chapter of Afria Golf Academy. So this makes Afria the first golf academy in Uganda to start up actually like more than one golf club. And there has been no actually like golf academy with proper structures whereby you can ask me today and I present you the coaches. You can ask me today, I present you a forum of the funds for the Afria Golf Academy. You can ask me to present to you the coaches. I will do that. Currently, we have our coaches being coached by one of our partner organizations that is based in Canada. It's called the Center of Gravity Golf. Our coaches are given now the proper skills on how they can be able to handle the kids in the training. So this is something that we really make us to achieve our vision and mission of enabling the young people to play professional golf, of getting the young people achieving their education dreams, of getting the young people learning about environmental conservation, and all about life skills, of course. And I can see, certainly from all your materials and what you've said to me in other interviews, that you have a really impressive team of you know, male and female coaches. And the children learn so much, not just about you know, the game of golf, but as you've already referred to, the, you know, the educational facilities that you provide in science, technology, engineering, math. And I know as well that in a short period of time, you know, you've had over 300 you know, kids have been to the, the academy, which is pretty amazing in such a short period of time. But maybe you could you know, say a little bit about what does you know the academy mean to the children who have been through it? Because I I also know that you you know you've said that not only does you know the academy elevate the lives of the kids who are lucky enough to to go there, but as a result of what they go then and do when they get involved in their communities, it you know lifts you know the the lives of uh, you know the communities that they go back to. Uh, the academy really like we are excited like the kids are very proud to be associating with the Afriago Academy because they see it 
it's a platform that the world can actually be able to use. It's a platform that is getting for them the opportunity to come and learn some of these things. If you may look at some of our videos, you can see how kids are excited to be taking part in some of activities like of tree planting, activities of collecting plastics, activities of learning about proper waste disposal and so on. These are other things that we feel should be able to be incorporated in the lives of the young people when they are growing up. And we know like the reason why this world is actually going crazy right now is people did not get some of these things when they were still young. So by getting our academy training, these young people about the things about computer, because they can use computers to do their research, how people have been doing it in other parts of the world and how are things happening in this country of Uganda and Africa. So how we can be able to use these things is all about incorporating the right programs and mentorships have always been at a the forefront as well to help young people to learn about how they can live a better life, how they can be able to embrace discipline, how they should be able to always associate with other people, not discriminating them in any way, whether disability, whether they're coming from a really very poor family background. So like uh, today I've shared one of my posters talking about appreciating the Honorable Member of Parliament for Fort Porto, who is also our ambassador of Africa of Academy. This man also enabled his son to come and play golf with other kids from different backgrounds. So this is one of the things that is actually motivating the young people to embrace golf. If the Member of Parliament is able to bring his kid and be part of the golf academy that is bringing together kids from really very underprivileged family backgrounds is one sign like showing how successful this project will be in future. You've accomplished so much in, you know, in, in just two years and five years is a long time. Who knows what will happen in five years, but what do you think the, uh, the academy you know, will look like and, and what you'll be doing in five years from now? In five years, uh, as an academy, like uh, I would love to see a Freya Golf Academy in all golf clubs of Uganda. Because right now we have a partnership with Tora Club. We have a partnership with Masindi, Masindi Golf and Sports Club. In five years, a Freya Golf Academy should have been actually affiliated with all the member clubs of the Uganda Golf Union. So a Freya will be able to pursue its program of helping the juniors to really explore their talents and achieve their education dreams in five years. I'm sure this is achievable because in two years, we've been able to learn about running the academy professionally and we have introduced it into golf clubs. And in one year, we know in the next year, we should be able to introduce at least maybe two more chapters. Then in the next year, we can do more than double. And then in five years, we should be able to roll out our projects in different golf clubs. And of course, the whole thing of Africa Golf Academy, the dream is to ensure like we start our own, also maybe have a golf school that can always bring the kids, learn golf from the 
learn point of view whereby when these kids are actually like in a golf school they can learn all the things they learn like how they are operating in normal schools but yeah they will have more access maybe to coaches and other professionals in the field of golf and these kids are not only now given the knowledge about play or maybe the skills about golf but you don't limit kids or not to learn golf so we are open as i said i'm the outdoor captain of Corbo club so we have got the opportunity also, like um, I must say, whether it's my opportunity or for the kids, opportunity like the kids can also be able to learn about basketball, they can learn about squash, they can learn about tennis. So all these are things that I can be able to help out to these young people. They can be able to access through me, through the club, through Afria, through the people that really wish to see them better in future. And the academy is you know, it's private, it's non-governmental, you know, non-profit. How do you, how do you go about raising, you know, funds for your, for your programs? So we really depend on well-wishers. We have had few people actually like generously offering some bit of donation to the academy. Of course, I will need to mention like Bobby, uh, about one month ago, he offered about $1,000 to help in making sure like things are running right for the academy. So I've had some good well-wishers donating some money to help. But these are not so many. And that's why as an academy, we come up to open doors for partnerships with companies and different organizations that really are supportive to sports development. And we believe maybe with our continuous move with our program, we should be able to get maybe the partners and, you know, this is a world where things have actually changed a lot, my belief. In my past, I think I used to see people like getting maybe writing proposals and getting funding minus doing anything. But I think right now where the world is, people are always interested to see. Like, I think you have some step you're taking and then let's come in and give you support. So, and that's how I've always wanted to do my things. I want people to find me going and they just offer me a push, not finding me like when I'm just stationary somewhere and they just give me a kickoff. It's good to give a kickoff, but sometimes the challenge with the kickoff, you have not learned the experience, you have not gotten the experience to see how things actually move. With the Gopher Academy now, I think we are right to go. If you got support from the PGA today, we can be able to roll out our projects in all the golf clubs of Uganda in less than three years, because we know how the system works. We know how these chapters uh, of small started academies in the different clubs will work and we have the right coaches. We got the right people who can run maybe the pages right to the professional standards. And our whole purpose is to ensure like we run things in a professional way. And that's how we organized. And out of curiosity, what, and I know that, and I'll include this in the show notes for the episode in terms of, you know, the donate page of, of your website, but what, what does it cost for, you know, one of the children to participate in the academy for, you know, for one year? My first idea was like to introduce a subscription fees for the kids, at least to pay some bit of like subscription fees when they are joining, but this one has gotten some bit of difficulties like 
actually most of the kids can't afford to pay this money. So this actually went into pieces. So I've been able actually like support this academy with my all, like with sometimes with whatever I have, I have invested in to pay the coaches, to buy the balls, to buy the teas. And we have not had a like a big fund to push our initiative, like to care for or to cater for the coaches. So that's one of the biggest challenges. And the academy, you know, like we really want to ensure like we run it professionally, but sometimes financially we are constrained to do what we would really love to do. And we continue to open our door doors for all kinds of strategic partnerships that can keep us running in line with our set priority really goals and objectives. No, I can I can tell from your donate page that you give a lot of your own money and resources personally to the academy, but it would obviously it would be great for you know and I'll certainly encourage you know listeners and everybody else to to do, to donate to uh, you know to the to the academy. Another way I actually started next year, I plan to really make kids happy, and we may need to start organizing some like student camps uh, for golf. They can come and have some bit of a camp. This is will be this will also be a good experience. I've been learning about it, how it is happening in US, how it is running in Europe. The kids normally get some bit of like golf camps and then we shall be actually like binding our relationship with the parents, with the kids, and the kids get to learn more when they're closer to the courses. And then we can have kids from all our golf academy affiliates and we really do some good work have you had any success with you know some of the golf manufacturing companies about donating golf clubs yeah we must say we are actually very happy last month we managed to have some good working relationship with mizino company which is japanese manufacturer of golf equipment so these people, they managed to donate, donate uh, two sets, uh, three sets of golf clubs to our golf academy. This is something that I can actually see as a big success, like a fair being recognized by Mizzino Golf Company. And, you know, different players, different PGA players have been mm-hmm. under the sponge playing with Mizzino Club. So we are very proud to associate with Mizzino Golf company and we must say like we are very proud of that and we must also tell them like the clubs they gave us i think they have been put into proper use within mm-hmm. the very short time these clubs were used by one of our junior players amon he mm-hmm. went to the uganda open for this year and out of uh, 114 golf players he was the 29 he was the 27 right and wow Wow. I'm going to receive these clubs alongside Joseph Chinyai, who is the, the national team captain and a coach at our golf academy. Chinyai was the overall winner and of the Uganda Golf Open, winning his first champion Uganda Open Championship. So I think this is also something that we need to communicate to Mizino to know about, like how he, their clubs have been able to help us in getting better results and of course, make have been also good motivation for Chinyai also to play better golf because he has seen the involvement with 
the Mizino company between Afreya and Mizino. But the success speaks for itself in Uganda for the Afreya Golf Academy. We have had one player joining the national team and we have enabled some of our junior players to get some sponsorship for tournaments and we have enabled kids to get some bit of school fees. Despite how hard it is for our own to get the money to run our own academy, but we still pave way for the few ones that we can to help them get better with their education. Like we're having a number of kids under our support in schools. So this is something that we see is going to change the whole program of Africa Golf Academy and how it's going to change golf in the world or Africa. We have the program in schools of training people to play golf. So that's something that will also help us to increase the numbers of golf players in, in Uganda. And we intend to make sure like we organize a big tournament for the schools golf competitions here in Masindi, in Fort Porto, and other parts of Uganda. Make sure we create this challenge for kids and for the schools to embrace golf as one of the sports. This is not something that has been happening actually like all the time. There have been few programs where kids play golf during their like all days, but we want to create a consistent program where kids know like yeah on every time second time we shall be having a tournament like golf playing against each other as schools that's the uniqueness of affair like what we do we believe something that is unique and our uniqueness with the golf academy is that we look at education we look at golf and we look at environment I've looked all over the internet. There's no any golf academy or no any other golf program that is actually focused on the three elements of golf, education, and environment. I've seen a number across the world which talks about education and golf, but incorporating the element of environment, life skills, and creating the social opportunities for the young people, these uh, programs are really not available in other parts of the world. So Afria stands as a unique program across the world. And we promise to offer unique stuff, unique opportunities, unique things to the world and make sure we change the world with our golf programs, with our life skills and so on. I, I agree with you, Jose. It's definitely unique and, and you clearly have a, a passion and a vision and you know exactly what you want to do. And you've done so much already just in two years with limited resources and, you know, with more resources. I mean, the, the limiting factor is really just having more resources so that you can expand and do, do everything more. But you know how to do it. You know how to execute on it. And the question I have for you is, and we've touched on it a little bit at the beginning, and that is, you know, where does your, your own drive and motivation and courage to you know to to change the world and do all this good stuff through the game of golf where does that where does all of that come from my zeal actually to do all the things that i do are driven by the character of wanting to be self-employed 
and the character of making sure like I really see people who have done great things. I want to be one in years to come. I have seen the contribution done by Tiger Woods in terms of golf development. He's not only playing good golf, but he has made a foundation to help people learn other things outside golf. And that's what has made other people to be successful. He has created employment for so many people across the globe. So these are really things like, I don't want to be famous. That's not the person I want to see. And that's why I actually can't see most of my pictures on internet. I I used to do a lot of pictures before, but I try now not to put so many pictures, even when I think they are really necessary. But I try to put just a few on my pages, but I do want to see more pictures of other people. That's me. I feel happy when we are talking about other people. What are they doing? Like, we are talking about the members of parliament. Today, the academy is actually very proud. Like, I remembered him as one of those guys who inspires us to do great things. He has been able to visit the urban farming project where it is, we are skilling the youth at our skilling center. We are proud to see him coming on board and actually paying a visit and inspiring the young people to do the same. But of course, our eyes always can't be blinded not to see other people who play a big role in exposing the academy work. So my whole thing, my whole approach, as I said, we are, are built on a foundation of doing unique things. Probably next year, I'm going to work on a way how we can be able to increase our ambassadorship in different countries. And these are like volunteers who help to spread the gospel about the Africa Golf Academy activities in Uganda. And the ambassadors are also given an opportunity, like they can organize like maybe any meeting wherever they are and say like, yeah, look, this is a project in Uganda. It's doing A, B, C, and D to create more awareness. The first thing is we need to create awareness to the whole world about our work. And we know by creating this kind of awareness, people will learn, people will say, maybe, we need to chip in and partner with this Golf Academy in Uganda to see what it can do. But of course, they're not going to see what we can do, but they will be seeing how we are able to accelerate the work that we are doing, how they are easing the work that we are doing. By donating a golf kit to the Golf Academy, this will reduce more pressure on the Golf Academy because over five students sharing one golf bag, it makes it very convenient wastes a lot of time. It creates a lot of inconvenience when the kids are playing. Sharing golf tees, sharing go a lot of materials puts the game at really a pace that we would love to see. But we would love to be at a state whereby the academy, at least it's only two students who are sharing a golf bag, that's normal, that's very fine. We have grown up when we're seeing about that. But we believe things will change. And we have the capacity to change things. And the change will always begin with us. We believe we are the right people to cause change. And Afria has begun the change. And Afria will make the change in Uganda, in Africa, in the whole world. And this is not a dream that I really want to stick on as my own. But this is a dream that we all want to work on together as people who are in this world to work together. Like, Really, I need to appreciate your work you're doing. Yes, it's one of the best 
things to me I can see, which is exposing the work of so many people. I've been following the publications. I've followed all the podcasts you have actually produced. They are very exciting. They are very, they are very inspirational. I was looking at the lady golfers, the top professional lady golfers you have interviewed. I've looked at all the leaders of the disabled communities you have interviewed. I've looked at all these people. They mean so much to people like me, to other people who look at those audios, those people who look actually and read the materials that you share on your website. To me, you're that one person I believe should be celebrated as well. Because today, I'm sure once we are done with this interview, there are so many people who will come maybe to visit our pages. We believe there are so many people who will want to see Afraya, what it is doing. And there are so many people who would really want to come and start following our journey. This is something that can't be done by anyone, but something that you're doing as a passion. It's something that you're doing really to create change, to actually see the world changing in all areas of sports, skills, like how I've been talking about the education, the skilling program, like the STEM program and all that. That's what actually is going to change the world. And this is the journey we are on. And not so long today, I may not be available, you may not be available, but other people <laughs> will say, we started something and it has happened. Yeah, no, I'm I'm always happy to do my my small my small bit to to shine a light on on people like you, Isaiah. It's really, you know, amazing what you're doing, and it and I can I can certainly tell it comes from a place of, you know, really wanting to raise the lives of you know the, of these kids and young adults and and change you know change the you know the game of golf and the world for the better. Isaiah, maybe you could say a bit more about what you're doing with getting, you know, more more girls and young women into the game of golf, because I know it's also a particular focus uh, of yours at the at the academy. Yeah, as an academy, we have had plans and we have created info to see ourselves bringing more girls to participate in the sport of golf. So, as an academy, we had a program which we initiated and we call it Girls for Golf, Go for Everyone. This is an initiative that is aimed at ensuring like we get more girls participation in the sport of golf. Looking at golf in Uganda, very few ladies participating in it. Coming to my own golf club where I have played most of my life at Toro Golf Club, there are a few female golfers. And this we look at it as something that will actually affect the development of the sport. So we believe our program of Girls for Golf, Golf for Everyone, will help us to increase the participation of the female golfers. The young girls start playing golf and believe in themselves, like they can do it, like how men are doing it. The challenge with most of the female golfers or the female youth in Uganda feel like they are a little bit of inferior, but now we're creating this kind of superiority in them, this kind of belief like they can do what men can do, what boys can do. And we have created a number of few challenges to show like there is equality, there is nothing that makes them different. Sometimes we take the girls to participate with the boys on the same tee box, 
and this has created a big challenge. And we have seen we have seen cases where some of our girls beating the boys in the tournament. However much this still remains a big task for us to ensure like we bring more masses of the girls, but we are doing our best and we have seen this program of Girls for Golf go for everyone in Afria, helping more girls to participate in the tournament. We are organizing our forthcoming tournament. I've seen a good registration for girls. And this is so inspiring. This is so motivating. And also we have been able to involve the elders who are female coaches, like the lady captain. She's very inspirational. She's very encouraging. She's very motivating to the young girls. And for our forthcoming tournament, she'll be offering the trophies for the kids and so on. That's something very powerful. And we believe such kind of programs will bring so many people. And this is not only happening in Uganda. We have seen the females participating in various tournaments are still very few. And we believe we shall be able to produce very many talented female golfers from the Afria Golf Academy. And these female golfers will create a big challenge. They will create a big disaster class for all the women golfers in the world. This is not something that will just be a surprise to us because we have really given them our best and we're continuing to give the female coaches our best and we motivate them different using different initiatives that can really give them the platform to showcase their talent as female golfers. Of course, I can't go without mentioning the disabled. We have been able also to interest some of the disabled kids come and embrace golf because we want to ensure like golf is enjoyed by everyone. And it's just like any other sport whereby someone just need to come and try. Not purposely of coming like a real professional golfer, but these disabled people can come play golf to relax their minds, to think like they are also like others. And we also look at how we can use the sport to change the lives of others. We have seen kids maybe who are having different illnesses. So by coming in our academy to play golf, this one gives them the pleasure to also forget their challenges they face at home, the challenges they face in the society. Because we have the program of mentoring and counseling this has helped the kids to learn a lot and to change their mindset on certain things because we have now created some good partnership with other organizations that are offering the services of mentorship and we hope to continue doing so. At this stage of the interview, we discuss some of the challenges that the kids at the academy face. We have seen challenges, kids getting actually like not given information that they should be given. And this one affects them at, at some certain age. So as an academy, we have dealt and we are dealing with different institutions to make sure like we get the kids learning the right things at the right time and at the right age. And this is going to be something that will also be able to help us produce good citizens of Uganda, good citizens of this world. So people who will be able to see maybe the young people born of this age, the people have gone through Afra should be different in the next 10 years or in the next five years. They should be able to have the honesty, they should be able to have the 
respect for others, should be able to have the element of inclusiveness in the things that do. They should be able to have the element of environment consciousness. They should be able to have the element of doing good things for others. And all that's something that we're creating in the young people of today in our Afro-Golf Academy. And these are the things that will create a big difference in our coming generations. And the generation we have right now, which we are training, will actually be very different in the coming years. Isaiah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, it's so amazing, you know, what, what you're doing. And, and I'm almost embarrassed to have to ask you some lighthearted sort of rapid fire questions at the end, but why not? Uh, because we also want to find out, you know, about you, the, you know, the person even though I know, as you've said, it's not, it's not about you. It's, it's, it's about, you know, the kids and what you're doing to change golf and society. But on a lighter note, a much lighter note, what has been your wildest golf experience or adventure, whatever definition of wild you want to use? Like since my joining golf, I have been able to achieve a few things as a person. And these things are, are great things for me. Like I've always had a challenge of setting my timeline if I say I need to achieve this within this period of time, I really want to see it happening. So I think I have been able to achieve a number of good things for myself. I won about $1,000 as an amateur golfer. And I think by that time, after winning the $1,000 in one of the tournaments, and I think the bodies responsible for organizing tournament, they were advised not to continue doing the same. That's something powerful, imagining myself winning that money. And I've been able to win a number of golf tournaments as well for myself as an individual. And I've been also able to participate in a number of good tournaments representing the golf club. And to me, those are actually very good achievements on my side. So it's difficult for me to mention the number of tournaments that I've won. There are many. I've like as I said, because I had the experience to start right from the artisanship into now where I am serving as the outdoor captain of Torah Club. I've played in so many tournaments. I've had a chance even to play when I was in Korea. I had a good experience seeing how those other golf courses are being managed, how those other golf courses look like. And I look forward to playing in the U.S., having interactions with some guys in TGF and some interactions in my be with different players. So Afria and other friends in the world, I think it's going to be very easy for me to link up. I am not surprised if we won't have if we shall play a game together, maybe if I meet you. I'm sure that's right. It might be in Uganda or it might might be here or it might be in Canada. Who knows? I'm seeing like Afraid making the world actually more closer, creating more friendship. Like every day I have to talk to different people from different countries about golf, about life, about different things. So every day I have to talk to different people. And this is something that I believe it's a big achievement in my life. To me, that's something that makes me happy every day. I don't think I need to be rich to be happy. I just need to see myself doing things that makes me happy. The reason why I don't sleep is just very simple because I love Afro Golf Academy. And this is something that I 
I feel I must work for. I know with my qualifications, I will be working in different firms. I will be working for a different organization, but I've turned down a number of my the job calls. And I say, this is my job that I want to see doing because I don't think someone can give me a job and I start working like the way I do work for Afraya Golf Academy. The Afraya Golf Academy, I work for it all through, day and night. But someone give me a job that I can do day and night and still remind happy it's very different. So with the Golf Academy, I can do anything. The only thing that can make me happy is to see the Golf Academy producing a PGA player in 10 years, to see the Golf Academy having a golf school that can support other young people to learn about golf, to support young people to get a good education, have the right skills, and so on. Those are some of the things that can really make me a happy man. And where would you like to go for your own personal golfing pilgrimage? Actually, like my most interested country that I would love to visit is uh, Scotland, because I want to St. Andrews, where golf originated from, and how they are doing it, how they are doing it to conserve the environment, how they are doing it to ensure they are giving the right life skills to these other people. You know, golf having originated from them, so we should be able to see them impacting more, coming up with other innovations or initiatives that can make the game interesting, that can make the game creating more impact to the community and to the societies where these people live. And I can only assume, too, that regarding the next question that you don't really have time, you know, for for passions outside of all you're doing, you know, with the FRA Golf Academy. But if you did, what, you know, what do you have any other passions or do you have, what's your biggest passion outside of the academy and and farming and the environment, all those things, do you have, is there anything else that you, on the side that, that you might be passionate or a hobby that, that you enjoy that, you know, helps you, you know, take your mind off or relaxes you and, you know, gives you energy to do other things? Yeah, like, uh, actually in my free time, I always go meet friends and just have some stories, discuss about maybe some bit of squash and maybe football. I love watching football actually during the weekend, so I normally do that. But I've also found time to always meet other people. Like I meet the leaders and just have some kind of interaction with them to ask them questions like, where do you want to see this? Or maybe how do you see this thing in the next five years, in the next 10 years? So that kind of interaction is something that I've always enjoyed myself to do during my free time. But the challenge I've found with myself is like I've made Afraid to be a cycle of all my interests because the things I always in- discuss with other people, I find them like still being embodied within their affair. Like if I'm to talk with someone about how do you want to see this town happening? How do you, where do you see the town of Fort Porto? So first of all, I'm running an initiative of free Fort Porto from plastics, Rivampanga and Fort Porto from plastics and polythene bags. So with my initiative, I'm still helping to ensure like the community lives in a, a community, in an environment that is well 
conserved in a community that is well disciplined about environment. Afra has created a very good platform for me to interact with people at different levels. I'm that one small young man that can be able to interact with a resident city commissioner who is actually very good, the one for Port Porto. He offers me time to always go and discuss about different youth development initiatives. And that one small guy that has the capacity to talk to the area member of parliament, who is again the ambassador of the Afro Academy, discuss about how we want to see things happening in the future and what are their plans, for example, for sports development. And some of the leaders are actually very good with good plans. But in Uganda, we are a country where we've got a number of good policies, but the implementation has been always at a point where it's not very clear. Implementation of policies remains okay, but not very effective. So we work with the leaders to see how best we can do things together. And lastly, Isaiah, if you could fly a banner around the world behind an eco-friendly plane, as I know you're an environmentalist, what would be your one message to the world? Let's do it together. We can change it together. And let's grow the game together while we are conserving the environment. Isaiah, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on the program and, and sharing your own story about your own journey and all the amazing work you've done at the Afria Golf Academy. And I, and I, and I know and I can tell that there's there's many, many great things to come from you. You're a young man and there's much to do, but I'm, I'm sure you're going to achieve everything you set out to do. So thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Mike, for giving me your time. To me, it has been a great to be your guest today. And I look forward to keeping in touch and updating you about all the Afria Golf Academy developments in Uganda. And we believe Afria will be great. Let's do it together. Let's grow the game together. And we believe we shall achieve our vision and mission of enabling the young people of especially Africa to also compete greatly in the tour tournaments and other competitive tournaments across the world. And we've got to see Afria helping many masses of the people here in Africa and the whole world achieve their education dream, having their life skills that can enable them to live a better life. Thank you so much, Mike, and we keep in touch. Great. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wild Golf Podcast with Isaiah Mwasige from the Afrie Golf Academy in Uganda. If you like this episode, please tell your friends and leave a review on your favorite podcasting service. Our guest on the next episode of the Wild Golf Podcast will be Christine Fraser from Canada who is quickly making a name for herself as one of the most talented golf course designers in the business. See you next time.